This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me as always. The NFL Combine is in the books. The defensive backs, the corners, the safeties finished up day four of the NFL Combine. And I am here to break down everything that I saw from day three and day four of the NFL Combine. All the defensive prospects got out there and they did not disappoint. Last I was on air, we were talking about the running back 40 times and the official scores, you know, being much lower. Uh, after the first night, the wide receivers were much higher. It's been a it's been a wild couple of days at the NFL Combine for the most part, ever since that first night when the wide receiver scores, uh, you know, were much higher than what we thought. It's been the other way that the official times are coming in and we're seeing some fantastic times. The performances that we saw on Saturday by the defensive tackles and, and the defensive end slash edge rushers were just fantastic. Of all the days, I think the Saturday might have been just in terms of take out the offensive skill position, the the fun factor of that and the fantasy factor. I think Saturday was the best day to combine. And I wanted to put together the defensive, you know, all the defensive guys in one. And I said I was probably going to do a combined day three and day four instant reaction show but there was so much talk about Saturday I probably could have done a a solo show just on that but I'm going to break it all down tonight we don't get a chance to talk to defensive players too often obviously leading into the draft we will a little bit post draft we'll do some IDP rookie rankings and stuff like that and then obviously the weekend in a draft you know we talk everything and you know I give my thoughts on every single pick you know from round one through round seven but the performances on Saturday were just stunning from the big guys And I'm going to start there. I'm just going to kind of go through the groups in order in which they performed at the Combine. So let's start with the defensive tackle group uh, that kind of kicked off and got things going on Saturday. And right off the bat, if you went to Georgia, man, it was get your popcorn ready, must watch TV on Saturday and even Sunday, to be honest with you. But things really kicked off on Saturday with the arguably one of the most impressive performances in the history of the NFL combine. And that was by the big man, Jordan Davis out of Georgia. We're talking the guy who's six, six, three forty-one. He played even bigger this past college football season, but this guy got out there and ran a 4.76 official 40 yard time at a 32 inch broad and a 10 three, sorry, 32 inch vertical and a 10 three broad jump that is mind-boggling absolutely mind-boggling the complete athletic profile for his weight adjusted stuff it was one of the most impressive performances that you will ever see at the nfl combine uh it, it was just stunning to see him put out that performance if you're not following kentley platt at matt's bomb you're doing it wrong, especially for draft weekend. His RAS uh, athletic profile that he puts out there, you know, Jordan Davis performed as high as you could possibly. I think at one point, I don't know if it stuck when, when all the numbers came in, but it was arguably one of the most impressive performances 
ever right up there with the performance done by Calvin Johnson way back when, and we know how much of a freak Megatron was. So really amazing performance by Jordan Davis. He matched it in the on-field drills as well. His smoothness, his fluidity at that size. Now the big question becomes is how high can he go in the NFL draft? He was looked at as a first-round pick. Now can he push top 15, top 12? This is a guy who was a predominantly used as a nose, nose tackle, run-stuffing defensive tackle at Georgia, almost no rush production. At times, conditioning was an issue. But now, maybe he just wasn't asked to do it, and there's a lot more in his arsenal. I think a team's going to fall in love with him in round one. The question is how high. So he was the first guy that really stood out from that first group of guys that really impressed me. The second guy that stood out was, and this is just continuing the pre-draft process and nailing it and using the momentum, and that was Travis Jones out of Connecticut, 6'4", 325. He ran his official 40 time at 492, and he had a 28.5 vert and a 9.2 broad jump. And he looked fantastic in the on-field drills as well. The smoothness and the fluidity that a man 6'4", 325 can move at is remarkable. Jones was unstoppable at the Senior Bowl, and he is now riding that momentum from the whole pre-draft process. He's probably going to have a tremendous pro day. You're talking about a guy who I think before the Senior Bowl, maybe some people thought round three. And then the Senior Bowl came, and it was he's a lock for round two. And now the Combine has came, and now you're going to start seeing him, I think, mocked late round one. And now I think he's on that top 40 area. He could sneak in round one or early portion of round two. And when I do the draft projections notebook, I always project who I think is going to be the first 32 picks taken. And then I have the just miss section. Travis Jones is probably ticketed. If I don't think he's going to go in round one, he's going to be on the just miss section, but he's now in that top 40 mix for sure. It was a really, really impressive performance uh, by him. Uh, another Georgia player, Devontae Wyatt. Six three, about three hundred and four pounds. He ran his forty time at four point seven seven. This is another freak on that Georgia defensive front line that just absolutely nailed the combine. Looked really impressive. Wyatt is another one of those guys that wasn't asked to get after the quarterback much, but I think there's more upside there because of the athletic profile that he has. He was unstoppable at the Senior Bowl as well. This is a guy who, yeah, for an offensive, for a defensive tackle, he's only got average size, but he's got good athleticism, movement skills, lateral quickness. Uh, he's got great toughness and effort, good agility and change of direction skills. He can play to run, an interior disruptor versus the pass. This is a guy who everything from that scouting profile that I just read, is everything he showed on the on-field drills, in the athletic testing. It was a really, really tremendous performance by Devontae Wyatt. And I really think it was Wyatt, it was uh, Travis Jones, and it was uh, Jordan Davis. Those were the first three guys, I think, from the defensive tackle group that really, really impressed and solidified and rose their draft stock where Davis now could be in the top 15 mix. Uh, Travis Jones, I think is in the top 40 mix and Devante Wyatt is in the, is in the late round one mix as well. And all of those guys performed 
tremendously at the combine. Sword air drafts that catapult. I will say, I don't know why he was running in that first group, but Nick Benito is going to be a day two pick, round two, round three. Really explosive pass rusher. Uh, he came in and his 40 time was officially a 4-5-4. Now, again, he was running with the DT, so it's kind of out of whack comparing it to. It's not an apples-to-apples comparison for whatever reason he was in that first group. But this is an explosive pass rusher off the edge. He had a 10-inch, uh, I mean, he had a 10-of-zero-broad uh, jump. He had a 35-5 vertical jump, 4-5-4 official 40-yard time, a 1.59 10-yard split. This was the guy that was in that first group that just checked off the boxes. He's going to be a guy that, again, there's pass rushers everywhere. You don't have to get a pass rusher in round one if, if the way to if the way to board falls to you. A guy like Benito is going to go in round two. And I know as a Giants fan, like, yeah, like they're talking, you know, Thibodeau or, or Trayvon Walker, who I'll get to soon enough. But a guy like if they if they go offensive line, let's say in cornerback in at five and seven. A guy like Benito somewhere in round two or round three could be an explosive pass rusher off the edge in Wink Martindale's system. So there's pass rushers throughout. And again, he stood out really a lot because he was running and 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 partaking with all the defensive tackles for whatever reason. Uh, but he's another guy that was in that first group that I did want to mention that I thought really uh, performed well. If we now take this to the edge guys, the defensive end slash edge. That was the second group on Saturday. As great as the first group, the defensive tackles predominantly were, the second group was even more remarkable. And it started out immediately. The first guy in the second group of players was Amari Bamo at a Virginia Tech. This is a defensive end who's 246 pounds. He's a pass rushing edge off the edge. He ran a 4.36 40-yard dash. That is faster than Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Let that sink in. A pass-rushing defensive end ran a 4.36. That is faster than Olave and Garrett Wilson. That's faster than Saquon Barkley ran. Think about the guys that he ran faster than, and that is a defensive end. He had a 37-inch vert and a 10-11 broad jump. This is a guy who, like I was just saying, you miss out in round one on guys like Nick Benito. I mean, in I'm sorry, you miss out guys on like Thibodeau and Hutchinson and, you know, and Ajabo and guys like that. You could target a Nick Benito in, in day two. You can target an Amari Bamo in round, you know, round three or round four. This type of athleticism coming off the edge Really impressive performance. I knew he was going to test well. Did not expect that elite level athleticism that he showed uh, at the NFL Combine. It just kept going. Uh, Arnold Ebikidi at a Penn State. He didn't run the forty yard time. He had a thirty inch, thirty eight inch vert and a ten eight broad jump. Really impressive. He's another guy probably on that round one, round two border, but he's got really good athleticism. Movement skills, quickness, bend, uh, and first step explosion. Really impressive performance uh, by Abikiti out of Penn State. If we just keep going down the list of guys, Aiden Hutchinson, his 40-yard time was okay. It, it, was, it wasn't anything spectacular at 4.75 compared to some of the other things we saw. Actually, his official was 4.74. But then he had a 36 vert 
and he had a 9.9 broad, and then he ran a 6.73 free cone drill, one of the most impressive free cones that you will see. His complete athletic profile, very good. Uh, Hutchinson did everything he needed to do there. I wasn't expecting a blazing 40 time. I think he was around what people expected. He did good in the jumps, excellent in the free cone, which we also expected. So I think Hutchinson went there, solidified what we thought about him in terms of his athleticism, taking it for either the first or second pick overall in the 2020 NFL draft. Uh, George Karloftis out of Purdue. He chose not to run the 40. He's a guy there's some question marks about his speed and overall athleticism, but he showed his he showed some of his athleticism with a 38-inch vert and a 10-1 broad jump. That is fantastic for a guy, a defensive end slash edge player who's considered a power player. For him to put those type of uh, jumps on at the combine, I think at least show that this guy's got an athletic profile. Maybe he was shying away a little bit from the 40 because it wasn't going to be up his wheelhouse, but those jumps show you that he has some explosion and he's a big time uh, player and pass rusher as well. Just maybe not one of those speedy edge rushers, more of a power edge rusher, but a guy who does have, you know, that explosion too. Uh, just a different style player. And he showed that with his jumps. David Ajabo, we knew he was going to test really well. His official 40 time was 4.55. This guy's 6'4", 250. Think about all the running backs that he ran faster than. 6'4", 250, 35 on the vert, 10-2 on the broad jump. Ajabo has locked himself in, I believe, to the top 15 in the NFL draft. Looked really good in the on-field drills as well. If we keep this going down, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau chose not to do the on-field drills. Question marks can, will continue to linger about Kayvon Thibodeau, his love at a game, et cetera, et cetera, his work ethic. But he did he did run, and he ran a 4.5840 at 6'4", 254. I mean, I know there were some ridiculous other times. I think people lose sight of just how fast that is for a guy who's 6'4", 254. So if there was any concerns about Thibodeau, 4.5840, really impressive. Now, he didn't do the jumps. I would like to see him at least do the jumps. He didn't do the on-field drills. There's going to be question marks about that. And I think now things are getting things are getting a little bit more tight at the top. I don't think Thibodeau's in the running anymore for one or two. Now I think Thibodeau is in that five to eight range or five to nine range. And I think he's opened the door now with some of these questions. I think now the door is opened for some other guys to be in the mix at four for the Jets, at five for the Giants, the Falcons at eight, the Giants again at seven, Carolina there. The door is open now for Thibodeau to fall a little bit further than maybe we thought because he keeps leaving these question marks. And there's just a lot of smoke there. Do I want the Giants as a Giants fan to go after him if he's there at five or seven? Yeah, I do. He's right in the mix there. But a couple guys we'll, we'll still talk about tonight. And then the last edge rusher defensive end I want to talk about is Trayvon Walker out of Georgia. We already talked about his teammate Jordan Davis and the rest of the Georgia guys and, and more to come here on the podcast tonight. But there was a lot of buzz about Trayvon Walker, and, and I want to give tip of the hat to Dane Brugler and Dan Jeremiah because Dane Brugler was the first guy I saw him really, really high in his overall big board. 
Then, then Daniel Jeremiah mocked him to the Giants at five last week, I think. And he got crucified for putting Trayvon Walker at five ahead of Kayvon Thibodeau. And Giants Twitter really was like, what is, what is, what is going on here? And then there was all this buzz leading into the combine that Trayvon Walker was going to basically test like an alien, complete freak. And he went out there and did just that, as good as Jordan Davis's was. And it was ridiculous, especially when you're talking 350. Trayvon Walker at least matched what Jordan Davis did when you put the whole complete athletic profile together. He, he checked in at 6'5", 272. 6'5", 272. He's not a speed edge rusher. Different style player. Got to have a plan for him. But then he went out and ran a 4.5140. 4.51 at 272 pounds. And then he proceeded to jump 35.5 and 10.3 in the two jumps. I don't know what's more impressive, him or Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis doing it at 6'6", 340 pounds, or Walker doing what he did at 6'5", 272. Both of them freak shows. I think there's a, these Georgia guys are really going to be a very interesting case study. There's a lot of people out there that, that want to see production in college, want to see this. I've always been, especially on the offensive side, which is what we mostly study here at Saturday Sunday, I've always been a, someone that I don't really care about statistics too much. I think they're very misleading in the college game. I do like to see it. I mean, especially for a defensive player, you like to see the ball skills. You like to see the turnovers and you like to see the sack numbers and stuff like that. But Georgia had so many really great players and they were just, their defense was elite and they all kind of had a role and, and a role that they played. And Jordan Davis's role was to be a big run stuffing defensive tackle. And Trayvon Walker's role was not really to get off to the quarterback that much. And his run stopping ability was unbelievable on film, but you didn't see this elite level or even great level pass rush. But the buzz is that maybe he just wasn't asked to do that as often as the opportunity maybe just wasn't there for him, but the traits were really special. And I'm all about drafting for traits. It's going to be interesting because they were saying on the air on Saturday night, is there now a legit conversation between Trayvon Walker and, and, and Thibodeau? And I think the, the answer is definitively yes. And if Hutchinson is separated, and who knows? Maybe there's a team that looks at this and says Trayvon Walker's right there with Hutchinson. But I think now Walker and Thibodeau are, are basically now on a level playing field. I think it's even money who can go first between those guys. And if the Giants are the first one that takes a – edge rusher, defensive end, after Hutchinson goes, I think it's very much 50-50. Do they go Thibodeau or do they go Trayvon Walker? Because Trayvon Walker, there's no questions about anything about him. His work ethic, anything about him. There's a lot of upside with this athletic type of player in terms of what he can do. And the ceiling might be so high on Trayvon Walker and the floor is absolutely just a movable chess piece. Who's going to be a great run stuffer, great length can do tons of different things with the upside. If he turns into a good pass rusher is an elite, elite level player. So I think Walker is very much in the mix now. Uh, I think he's a top 10 lock. I think he's probably now almost solidified himself top seven. I think that's where he's going now. I don't think he's getting out of the top seven. I, I really don't, based on where there was already talk of him going from people like Dane Brugler and, and Daniel Jeremiah, who you know have ears to the ground for sure 
in the NFL circles, and then he comes out and does this type of performance. Yeah, I, I don't. Trayvon Walker's not getting out of the top ten. I think he probably's not getting out of the top seven. So those were the guys from the defensive tackles and the DE edge groups that really stood out. If we spin this over to the linebacker group that rounded out Saturday, uh, the linebacker group had a lot of really impressive performances as well. Uh, you know, for Troy Anderson out of Montana State, four four two forty. 36 vert, 10-8 broad. This is a guy who's probably ticketed for round two. Uh, Dan Jeremiah was talking about him a lot. He's got good size and frame, good athleticism, movement skills, agility, change of direction and quickness. Uh, really interesting type player coming from a smaller school, but we're talking about a guy who is rising up draft boards and is definitely going to be looked at as a starting linebacker, uh, day two level prospect. He has rode the pre-draft process uh, right up to somewhere on day two, probably even round two. So really impressive performance uh, by Troy Anderson. If we keep this going, the next guy that really stood out uh, and a really impressive performance uh, was Damone Clark out of LSU. He ran a 4.5740 time and he had a 36.5 vert and a 10.7 broad jump. Uh, Damone Clark is a guy who I think has probably pushed himself into that top five conversation in terms of uh, linebackers. Definitely going to be a starting inside backer at the next level. Good athleticism, movement skills, quickness and range. He's got play strength. He's got toughness. Uh, got change of direction. Really, really impressive performance uh, by Damone Clark there. Excited to kind of see, you know, some mock drafts by the guys who kind of have their ears in the NFL circles a little bit to see how high Damone Clark could go. Uh, right now I have day two. I think he probably uh, can push himself possibly uh, even into the round, the late round two mix, but if not for sure, somebody that'll be gone in round three. Uh, if we keep this going down the list of guys, N'Kobe Dean, who I think now is probably locked in to be linebacker one, he did not partake in anything at the combine. Uh, he'll wait to his pro day. Christian Harris out of Alabama. I think he's locked in to be a round two pick. He ran a 4.44 official 40-yard dash time, 34.5 on the vert jump, 11 on the broad. An 11, that is insanity. 11-foot broad jump for Christian Harris. Christian Harris is going to go somewhere probably on round two. Inside linebacker, weak side linebacker, you got some versatility there, great athleticism, movement skills, range, agility, and lateral quickness. He's going to be a guy, you know, when we eventually get to IDP world, he's going to be a guy uh, very high on people's radar for sure with his athletic profile and his upside there. Next guy I want to talk about uh, who put on an impressive performance uh, was Boyfi, uh, Boy Mafe. Probably could have been in the defensive end edge group. I think he's going to be more of an edge rusher. He ran a 4.5340, 30-inch, 38 on the vert, 10-5 on the broad. This is a guy late round one, early round two. Again, if you don't get a pass rusher at the top of round one, there's going to be some guys hovering there in the late round one to early round two mix, maybe a trade up, maybe a guy just slips with how much. Mafe is one of those guys who really – 
uh, is going to be a team, uh, is gonna be a guy that people very good to great athleticism. He's got closing birds. He's got great play strength, good pass runs, good pass rush skills with his power. Uh, he's got even more upside and room to develop. Uh, really impressive performance by him, and he's still developing. Uh, so that's exciting to see from him. Devin Lloyd, I got to be honest with you, I was a little surprised with his testing numbers. Now, his official time did come in at 4.66. He had a 35 on the vert and 10.6 broad. I think he was, I think most people thought he was going to run a little faster, but I still love his his film. I still think he's going round one. I think maybe, though, N'Kobe Dean, maybe, even though he didn't perform there, maybe N'Kobe Dean leapfrogs him because his athletic profile is going to be a little bit greater. But Darren Jeremiah was talking on air a lot about how much he liked Devin Lloyd, was comparing him a lot to uh, Darius Leonard and said Darius Leonard plays much faster than his 40-yard time, and that's kind of how he sees Devin Lloyd too. So, so quick at processing things, uh, great movement skills. He's got that closing burst, and he's a guy that can get after the quarterback in terms of pass rushing. So I still think Devin Lloyd's going round one, uh, and I think his play speed is better than what his time speed was at the combine. So he might be hurt a little bit. I know there was some top 10 buzz. I don't think Devin Lloyd's going top 10, top 12. Not after we saw some of these other guys perform. I think he's more ticketed now for 12 to 25. I'll, I'll give a general range right now. I'd be interested to kind of see some mock drafts from the, the Dan Jeremiah's of the world and the Lanzer lines and people like that. Mel Kuyper, Mick Shea to kind of see where they have Devin Lloyd kind of going now uh, following his combine performance. Uh, some other guys I want to talk about, uh, Chad Muma out of Wyoming. He ran a 4.63. He had a 40-inch on the vert and 11-1 on the broad jump. This is a guy ticketed for round two. Darren Jeremiah was saying round two. Dane Brugler has been talking round two for this guy. Uh, so Muma is a guy who... He would start inside linebacker. He could be a sandbacker. A lot of different things you can do with him. Uh, really impressive performance. He's another guy that's been riding that momentum uh, in the pre-draft process here. The athleticism, the range, the quickness, the movement skills. Uh, really impressive performance uh, by Chad Muma down there. Uh, he's going to be a guy that you're seeing go off the board somewhere probably in round two. Uh, keep this going. Uh, so many guys I could talk about that that were impressive. Uh, Channing Tyndall out of Georgia. He ran a 4.4740, a 42-inch vert, and a 10.9 broad jump. Tyndall, just another one of these superstars from Georgia. He's going to go somewhere in round two. Uh Upside to be a starting inside backer, very good to great athleticism, movement skills. He's got range. He's got lateral quickness. He's got good instincts, play recognition, and not to be undersold himself was Quay, Quay Walker out of Georgia. He ran a 4.52 40-yard time at 11 pounds heavier than than Tyndall at 241. He had a 10-2 uh, broad jump. He's another guy who I think is going to go round two. And he's going to be a starting inside backer at the next level. Not as fast as Tyndall, but good play strength, toughness, uses his hands well. He's going to be a guy also. So you're talking all three of the linebackers, Kobe Dean, Channing Tyndall, Quay Walker, 
Dean in the first, Tyndall and Walker going off in the second round. Impressive, impressive group there from Georgia. After what we talked about from the defensive tackle and the edge rusher group, where we obviously had Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt and Trayvon Walker. I mean, those six guys, Georgia's going to have six defenders just from the front seven that go off the board in the first two rounds of the NFL draft. And then there's still secondary guys that you're going to, that we're going to talk about as well. So that was kind of the Saturday recap. A lot to talk about, a lot to break down just from the Saturday. If we take this to the Sunday and start talking some cornerbacks, right off the bat, Kalon Barnes at a Baylor, a guy who's going to be go somewhere on day three, a lot of athletic upside, still developing as a cornerback, but team's going to see this. He ran a 4.23 official 40-yard dash time. He almost broke the record of John Ross, a speedster, Dapery cornerback, but that speed, you can't teach that speed. I wouldn't be surprised to see him move up maybe even to early Dapery if he was more of a, a, a later Dapery prospect before the NFL draft started. Uh, Tariq Castro-Fields, another guy who's going to go somewhere probably on early Dapery. He ran a 4.3840, uh, really impressive time. Uh, Kair Elam out of Florida, 6'1", 191 pounds. He had a 4.39 Official 40-yard dash time. Really, really impressive performance by Elam. Elam is a guy who I feel like is getting a little bit lost in the shuffle based on how strong this class is as a whole, especially at the cornerback. But, I mean, he's got good size and frame. He's got good athleticism and speed. He's got closing birds. He's got range. He's got toughness and physicality. He can play in just about any scheme. He's ticketed somewhere in round two. Uh, he put on an impressive performance. Uh, if we keep going down the fee, uh, down the list here, Sauce Gardner. I mean, I don't think he's getting out of top five. I think the Jets at four, the Giants at five, potentially could be the landing spot for Sauce Gardner. I think he's a hundred percent solidified himself as cornerback one in this class. Six two and, and change, hundred and ninety pounds. His official forty yard time was a four point four one. He looked unbelievable and smooth in on field drills. Really impressive performance uh, by Sauce Gardner. I think, like I said, I think very much now the Giants could be looking at Sauce Gardner and then either a Kayvon Thibodeau or Trayvon Walker. If Neil and Ikanwu aren't there on the line, I could easily see the Giants walking away with two blue-chip defensive players at five and seven. I think Gardner very much in the mix if the Jets maybe take Hamilton and then uh, a potential edge player in Trayvon Walker or Thibodeau with their other pick there. But I think Gardner did everything he needed to do. I think I don't see a scenario where he gets at a top five. I think eight would be his absolute uh, potential floor, but I don't even think he gets to eight. Uh, I know the Falcons would love to have him, but I think he's probably ticketed either at four or five to the Jets or the Giants would be my initial take right now. Kyler Gordon, who came in with a lot of round one buzz, I think people thought he was going to be a little bit quicker and faster in the 40 time. He ran a 4.52, which actually got moved down. His unofficial, his unofficials were 4.57 and 4.6. It was good to see the official come down a little bit, but I think most people thought he was going to be in the 4.4s. still think he's on that round one, round two border. A uh, lot to like about his game. Keep this going. Uh, next guy I want to talk about is, let's see, uh, Zion McCollum out of Sam Houston State. His official 40 time was a 4.33, a 39.5 on the, the vert, and 11 on 11 foot on the broad jump. 
Zion McCollum, obviously from a small school, but this is a guy who I think NFL teams are going to be definitely targeting somewhere on probably now day two. With those testing numbers, I think he's got the upside develop into a starter. I think you're going to see McCollum now probably go somewhere on day two with that tremendous, tremendous testing at the Combine. This is why the Combine is so important for a guy like Sam Houston State to show out and show that his athleticism on tape wasn't just somewhat of a product of who his opponents were, but that he can go there and an apples-to-apples comparison. And Zion McCollum did that. I think you're talking about a guy who's now very much in the mix for late day two. And I think prior to the combine, it was probably more of an early day three player. Roger McCreary out of Auburn uh, is a guy who is sus- is so-so in, in terms of his testing, but then you watch him on the on-field drills. His 40-yard time was a 4.5. He didn't do the jumps, but you watch him in the on-field drills, very smooth. Uh, I think he's ticketed for round two, so while the 40 time might have not been you know, what you love to see from these guys, I think his total package is still a guy who's ticketed for round two. Trent McDuffie, the other cornerback from Washington, I think he solidified his status as a round one corner. His 40 time was a 4.44. He looked tremendous in the on-field drills. McDuffie knocking out of round one. A uh, couple other guys that that stood out. I'm just looking for some of the top names that stood out. And then we got to get that. I'm, I'll jump right to the end because I still got to get the safeties. And that's Tariq Woolen. Tariq Woolen out of UTSA. At six foot four, listen to that, guys. Six foot four, ran a 4.26 40 yard dash and had a 42 inch vertical jump. 42 inches. Okay. That is remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. Woolen is a guy, Dane Brogler had him in his top 100. I don't think he's getting out of round three under any circumstances with that level of athleticism at that size, the long speed, the closing burst, the the be able to the movement in his hips, the twitch, all that stuff. Yeah, he's got development to do, play recognition, all that stuff. That stuff can be learned, that stuff can be taught, it can be coached up, it can be developed. But those athletic traits. That athletic profile, yeah, he's going on probably going late round two, uh, but he's definitely going somewhere on day two. And then to round it out was the safety group. And the safety group, first guy I want to talk about who I thought, you know, the times here were ridiculous. The first guy, Tyson Anderson, ran a 4.3640 with a 35.5 vert and a 10-3 broad jump. Tyson Anderson is a guy who, coming from Toledo, he's probably going early day three. He's got the upside to be a strong safety or a big nickel, but I mean, tremendous athletic profile right off the bat for the safeties. If we keep this going down, uh, Percy Butler out of Louisiana ran a 4.36 40-yard dash time, 4.36. He's a guy, yeah, probably a depth-free safety, core special teamer, but you test like this, you're going to move yourself up and going sixth, seventh round could be, you know, and moving up into the fifth round, let's say if it happens, is a big jump for these Daypree guys. So it was a big performance by Percy Butler out of Louisiana. If we take this down to Kyle Hamilton at Notre Dame, locked in top 10 pick, maybe top five. He's six foot four, 220. So you got to put that in the perspective. He ran a 4.5940, but he's, which wasn't as good as maybe people thought he was going to run, but he had a 38 inch vert. He had a 10-11 broad jump. He looked absolutely silky smooth 
in the on-field drills. Don't look at the 4.59 and have questions about Kyle Hamilton's game. He's one of the best safety prospects, and who knows how long his fluidity, his play recognition, his, his play speed, his athleticism, his ball skills. He can do it all. He can be free safety. He can play closer to the box. He can line up and cover people out of the slot. He's the total package. So I wanted to reference him as, yeah, that maybe the 40 time wasn't great, but the jumps were outstanding. The on-field drill work was outstanding. I'm sure if he runs at his pro day, he'll shave a little bit off that 40 time. I don't think it matters. We know what his play speed is like. Next up is Dax Hill out of Michigan. 4.3840s and Daniel Jeremiah's top 20. He's not getting out of that late round one, early round two mix. After his performance at the combine, a 10-1 on the broad jump as well. Looked really good in the on-field drills. I think Dax Hill is ticketed for late round one, early round two for sure. Uh, if we keep this going, uh, Jalen Petrie out of Baylor didn't run the 40, I think, but he had a 35 uh, inch uh, vertical jump, but the on-field drills he looked really, really good in. And Petrie is one of those guys who, when when you watch the film on Petrie, he's going to be a guy that can be that star position, hybrid linebacker safety, strong safety. He's got athleticism. He's got bursts. He's got quickness. He's better going forward, yes. He's got good play strength, great toughness and effort, good instincts and play recognition. Uh, he can kind of do it all from from that position, I think Petrie. I think that I think Petrie was the guy. Dan Jeremiah was saying his comp for him was like an Antoine Winfield type. Petrie is a guy who I think is going round two probably. Uh, and and even though he didn't run the forty, I think had a good combine showing for sure. Uh, if we keep this, uh, I skipped somebody a little bit up above, and that was Lewis Sign out of Georgia, another Georgia guy, six two two hundred pounds. He ran a four three seven. 10-3 on the broad jump. This is another guy who, not getting out of round two, he's a starting strong safety, but he's got cover skills. He's got very good athleticism, movement skills, speed. He's got average change of direction, agility, but going north-south, attacking, good to very good play strength, really impressive performance by Lewisine out of Georgia. He's going round two now. This checked off those boxes that he needed to, that he needed to do. Uh, and then last but not least, last guy I'm going to talk about, JT Woods out of Baylor. 6'1", 195 pounds, 4.3640, 39.5 on the vert, 10.8 on the broad. Looked really good in the on-field drills as well. JT Woods is another one of those athletic freaks out of Baylor. Probably early day three, but now with this testing, I know people were in, he was going to test well. These are the type of guys that could get pushed up the board. So maybe early day three is too late. Maybe even uh, late round three could be in the ticket for JT Woods. So there it is, guys, my instant reactions to day three and day four of the NFL Combine, talking a lot of defensive players, which is a lot of fun to do, especially since we don't get a chance to do it too often here at Saturday to Sunday. I will say this. The Combine, whatever you think about the Combine, Merit to it, not merit to it. You guys know my stance on it. I don't got to get into it if you're listening. It was a spectacle this year like none other. I'm not sure I've ever seen a more athletic group of prospects in my entire life following the NFL draft. Definitely not since I've been doing Saturday to Sunday. And it gets me really excited as, as a Giants fan who know they have a lot of picks. And this, just in general, a football fan. This draft kind of was because it doesn't have the quarterback star power, there was also a lot of discussion that it didn't have the elite level prospects at the top. 
two things. One, yeah, it doesn't have the quarterback, you know, excitement at the top of the draft. But I'm starting to think that these guys, we were underselling a little bit their talent at the top of this draft. From the offensive linemen like Akanwu and Neal to Aiden Hutchinson, Thibodeau, Trayvon Walker, Sauce Gardner. I think there's, I think there's a clear, clear six, uh, Kyle Hamilton. I think there's a clear like seven or eight potential blue chip prospects. And Stingley may or may, you know, once upon a time, I think Stingley would have been a lock for that list. You know, I know Matt Miller said, you know, some people he was hearing buzz from at the, at the senior, uh, at the combine, he could fall a little bit because it's been a couple of years since that elite level production and some other stuff like that. But even if you take Stingley out of it, when you're talking about Hutchinson, Thibodeau, Trayvon Walker, Sauce Gardner, Kyle Hamilton, Ikanwu, Evan Neal, there's a there's some blue chip prospects that are going to go in the top seven, top eight of this draft. And I think for a while we kind of thought like, oh, there wasn't even a consensus top 10. There wasn't like these clear blue chippers. No, I kind of think there is now. And maybe it needed to be the combine to kind of sort it out. But I'd be stunned if those seven guys that I just said don't go within the first not, I'll say 10 picks because, right, maybe a quarterback gets pushed up there, maybe another offensive lineman. But I don't see a scenario where where those guys that I just talked about, you know, don't find their way to be in the first seven picks in this draft or first seven of the first 10 picks in this draft. And I think they're blue chip guys. But really where the excitement level comes is the depth at edge, at offensive line, at cornerback, wide receiver, there's going to be so many good players taken in round two, round three, and then even seep into round four that teams can walk away from this draft with three or four potential starters between rounds one through four. I really believe that. And if you're a team that have extra thirds or extra, you know, an extra first or, you know, in the Giants case, and, and there's teams with more picks. I mean, the Eagles have three in the first round, for God's sakes. But, you know, I, I look at the Giants as someone I follow closely, two in the first, two in the third. They have five picks in the first three rounds and then another one in the fourth. But even if you take out that fourth for a second, five picks in the first three rounds, they can conceivably get five starters. That's how good this class is. And that's why people who are going to be crying from the hilltop, Giants got to go O-line at five or seven. They got to go at O-line. Yeah, ideally. But if Neil and Ikonwu aren't there, they can pivot to some of these other blue chip defensive players. There's going to be really good offensive linemen in round two, round three, worthy of starting in this league next year. So there's teams can go best player available if they want early on because the depth in this class, especially at the big time positions that people always are looking for help, edge, cornerback, wide receiver, et cetera. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of value that's going to be there on day two and even into day three. So it ended up being really exciting combine. I think I'm more excited for the draft now than I even than I, than I even was. I think there's more blue chippers than we than people were giving credit to, and I think the depth of this class and the athletic ability of this class is really phenomenal and as good as I've seen in quite some time. So I'm excited. Here at Saturday Sunday, we will just continue discussing all things draft all things in the pre-draft process, start having some great guests on. Uh, I know I'm excited to do like a little bit of a stock up, stock down, rankings update, tiers update, you know, following the combine. Because I think there's definitely some things that could help me that were able to help me sort out some things within tiers or some small tier jumps. Uh, so I'm excited to get to work on that. If you are following me all throughout the combine and maybe you're checking out the podcast for the first time, thank you for following. Thank you for checking out the podcast. Uh, if you're enjoying the content, please get over to the website. SS Football is the fastest and easiest way to get there. 
Check out the premium content tab. And for $9.99, you get access to all our premium stuff, uh, all three notebooks, the rankings notebook, all our rankings, uh, draft rankings, tier uh, draft rankings. Uh, we'll have our dynasty rookie rankings, our Devi rankings. We'll have our IDP rankings after the draft. And then you get the scouting notebook, which has 100 or so offensive player, uh, full detailed scouting reports with strengths and functional areas, developmental areas, NFL role, how they win, fantasy spin. Uh, and then in April, you also get access to the draft projections notebook where I will have my thoughts. If you were following me on Twitter, the draft projections notebook is basically a snapshot of what you get. You will get a snapshot of 400 plus players in the draft projections notebook, but you will also get a, you'll also get uh, a snapshot of maybe some concerns or developmental areas for those players as well. You'll get a tab for every single position, offense and defense, and I will rank it based on everything I am hearing in terms of trying to project and predict how it's going to go on draft weekend, the order in which these guys are going to be selected at their position. We here at Saturday Sunday, we've had a lot of success with the draft projections notebook. Uh, I think last year we got like 227 or 228 uh, picks right in terms of trying to project who would be taken out of every of all 258 or 59 whatever there was last year because on one tab on on three separate tabs one tab i try to project the 32 guys that go in round one another tab i try to project by position uh all the players that go in the first three rounds that's usually anywhere between 100 and 107 picks and then i try to project every pick round one through seven of what players uh will go in the nfl draft by in in terms of their position and uh, you know, who just missed on each of those. I, I have a list for who just missed the top 32, who had a, who just missed it being in the top three round, and then who just missed in terms of getting drafted. It is a great resource to have draft weekend during the UDFA signing period, rookie mini camps, et cetera, et cetera. You get all of it for $9.99, guys. You know, it is as good of a value, I think, as you can find in terms of out there in terms of the draft community in terms of the dynasty or fantasy in terms of that 999 you get access to all of that it's a evolving document so it's ever-changing right up until draft night uh you know and then you still get after draft night you still get all the rankings and all the fantasy rankings and the dynasty rankings and the Devi rankings updated you know moving forward as well so please get over to there 999 is the best way to support the show if you bought it in the past and you haven't get gotten it yet please consider purchasing it again and if you're new uh, please consider purchasing it. If you've been a long-time listener, we really would appreciate it if you check it out. Uh, it is what we need to continue to do what we do here. It is the lifeblood of, of us being able to continue to put out the content that we do. So on behalf of Matt and Jeff, on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nakano, and myself, I hope you enjoyed the NFL Combine, and I look forward next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday. <laughs>